What do you mean? Like, how do you even podcast? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been too long. I never knew, so we're screwed. <laughs> you got a, you got a podcasting kid for Christmas? No, it's not right. Oh, I asked for it. That would have been. You didn't get it. No, because oh. you were naughty. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Get a lump of coal. I wish. Yeah. A speck of coal. Oh, speck of coal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready? Okay. Welcome back to How Did It Come To This, where news is defined by historical relevance. Sitting across from me is a woman who will defend democracy anywhere. It's Siobhan Doherty. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome back. Thanks. (laughs) And next to me is a man who believes that a coup d'etat can only happen in the coup region of France. It's James Tuckwell. (laughs) Hi. Good. What's a a coup that happens somewhere else? Carmen, yeah. I thought that joke last time. Yeah, right. Yeah, sparkling. A, a sparkling, sparkling. Sparkling coup. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> sparkling detail. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a flying star. Yeah. We laugh, but this week's topic is quite serious. Yes. So <clears throat> this week on how did it come to this? The East India Company, British colonies, military hunters, democratic elections, civil wars, and numerous name changes. The little country in Southeast Asia known as Myanmar has become the focus this week of international attention after the military once again seized power from the elected government, making it the fifth coup since 1960. Why has the former British colony become so unstable? How can a military be so powerful? What has the international community done to help? Why do the generals hate Aung San Suu Kyi so much? And will the Burmese people ever see peace? Ultimately, how did it come to this? Yeah, it was really um, difficult to come up with a topic because we've had quite a few weeks off and a lot has happened. There's been a lot going on. Mm, yep. mm, so um, it is an interesting one, but uh, should we mention some of the ones that we thought about and talk and like get into the in-between quickly? Uh, sure. So uh, yeah, a quick, quick, a quick jaunt quick through the news. <laughs> um, since, since, we last, since we last were in your ears, um, there's been a lot of things going on, insurrections in the United States and uh, yeah. there's been- um, uh, Nerds taking over Wall Street. No, nerds taking over Wall Street. Uh, it's um, been a- Julian Assange is Julian still Assange, trapped. yes, still trapped, yes. But not being extradited. Yes. Um, th- look, Just, uh, Joe Biden is now our- Joe Biden. Now president. president, now mm-hmm, president. That's mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Craig Kelly has been <laughs> <laughs> Craig Kelly vocal with uh, his opinions, and <laughs> I, I I feel like there were so many things we could have cho- yeah. chose, uh, yeah. and maybe some of those topics will come back well, in yes, the news. And we some can, of, I think some of them will be ongoing, um, and they're not sure. going to go away. But so I think yeah. we, what what I was you know and what I read on Facebook the other day was that like we're going to stick to our our mandate, yes. which is that we pick a news item that's current. Yes. That's it. Yeah, we had to move with the times. Move with the so times. That's in the past, man. It is. Stop living in the past. Stop but, I mean, we are history teachers, so is that <laughs> all we, that's all we do, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so, yes, this week we are going to be looking at 
Myanmar mm-hmm. uh, and things that are happening in Myanmar. Um, so I thought I, I found a news article the other day that I thought was quite uh, quite good. Uh, and this is from the BBC. Uh, and it's titled Myanmar Coup Teachers Join Growing Protests Against Military. Uh, and it's from two days ago, uh, being the 6th of February. A civil disobedience movement in Myanmar is gaining momentum with teachers and students protesting against Monday's military coup. Demonstrators at a university in the biggest city, Yangon, chanted support for jailed leader Aung San Suu Kyi and wore red, red ribbons, her party's colour. Uh, Ms. Suu Kyi and other leaders have been held since the coup on Monday. Earlier, the military detained another senior leader from her National League for Democracy party. Uh, so things are going off. Yes, evolving. Uh, evolving. Mm. Uh, I just I want to before we before we do go back in time. I did want to mention if you haven't seen the video that is online <laughs> um, of the yoga instructor who is teaching her class online and the coup is literally happening behind her. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. It so is kind of, yeah, it was cool. And she had no can. idea. I'm like, how did you not hear those Yeah, she cars? didn't even, she didn't turn around. She no, was focused she on was her audience. She was a good, zone. good instructor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But the, um, and listen to it. I, I had it sort of without the music on, just to like. I think I was somewhere public, but mm. then I, I listened or watched it with the music. Oh, okay, it, just, it really adds an extra. I moment. haven't heard it with the sound. Okay, oh, I the might, sounds I awesome. I might have to go and do that. The sound is awesome because yeah, right. she's she's dancing to a um, a Myanmar uh, soundtrack. It's yeah, like right. Music and and yeah, it's like I read when the article I read. It's like the the uh, coup kind of builds with the music. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it actually does. That's yeah. crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we are going to go back in time. uh, And I thought it might be good to jump back to 1885. Sure. Now you might be thinking why, but we'll we'll get there in a second. Mm, Okay. (laughs) I promise it will make sense. It's quite far back. It's a a long time. Okay. All right. Let's go. Um, But uh, let's, let's invoke our time machine. I missed Wayne and Garth. Thanks, Wayne and Garth. Yeah. They're back. Did you see? Just, just quickly, we jump it all aside, over on tangents. Uh, they've they brought them back for a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you no. need to you need to look that up too. Oh, okay, we'll do. Yep. All right, so we're jumping all the way back to 1885, and the reason we are doing that is because this is the beginning of British Burma. I thought that might be the case. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like many other countries in Southeast Asia, European powers <laughs> wanted a colonized. piece. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted a piece of it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, technically, Burma wasn't always of very much interest to no. many European powers. They didn't really have anything to gain from it necessarily. Mm. Um, but of course, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, the British East India Company, um, they just kept expanding, 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 expanding. Uh, and they had lots of, uh, interests that were kind of expanding eastward from some of their other places like India. Mm. Uh, and so of course Burma was in the way. Um, and so <laughs> over, over sort of 60 years between 1885, and 1948, uh, essentially, um, Britain proclaimed control over Burma and the Burmese people were like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Like peoples everywhere. Yeah. Um, people everywhere. And uh, there, were, there were lots of um, lots of kind of skirmishes between yeah. British people and uh, the, the Burmese. Burmese. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was um, 
a lot of kind of uh, back and forth between lots of little groups of mm. uh, fighters and, and um, but one that kind of made headway was uh, during World War II because, of course, during World War II, Britain yeah. loses control of its colonies yeah. because they Singapore, spread themselves very thin. Yes. Don't have any allies. Yeah, for Australia's a long, no for a help. Long time. Um, yeah. And <laughs> we tried. <laughs> well, okay. I'd like to say we didn't try because Ooh. we didn't like them anymore. Did we? Were, were, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least I didn't like them anymore. Were you there when I was when I was in when I was in high school? What skincare do you nah, use? When I was in when I was in high school, I yeah. was like the the when I started learning about World War Two yeah. and the fall of Singapore. That was mm-hmm. the moment I was like. Britain sucks. <laughs> we don't need yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of what the rest of Australia thought too because then we just like America all the way. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, but, yeah, of course, like a lot of the colonies during that time mm. obviously target for Japan. Yes. Um, which Burma was as well. Yep. Uh, Let me guess. They didn't put up much of a fight. Uh, well, Aung San, who is – Aung San Suu Kyi's father formed the Burma Independence Army. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was leading um, like major battles Mm -hmm. in Burma against the Japanese. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, like, he was kind of like the the local leader of a bunch of the the local militias. I read that he sided with the Japanese. So he fought, uh, where am I? Maybe he did that like later, ultimately, like seeing an opportunity to oust the British. Yes. So yeah. it was, so you saw it as, uh, where are we? Uh, let me see what I can find. Uh, Japanese rule. Yeah, no, 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 it could, it, no, you could, you could be, you could be right. I could have read it wrong. Um, but I do know, I do, like the main, the main point we want to get to is mm. that Aung San was the one who negotiated the Pangalong yes. agreement. Yes. Um, He's following known as World like War the II, as the, the father of the modern yeah. Myanmar state independence yeah. from Britain. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because no, I read he sided with uh, with the Japanese, which you read that and you go, ooh. But you totally understand why when they've been colonized since 1885. Yeah. They wanted to get rid of the British. They want to get rid of the British. That would make so they see sense. it as, uh, and they weren't the only ones to do it. Um, no, many yeah. Southeast Asian yeah, countries. countries sided with the Japanese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, trying to throw overthrow the sure. colonial overlords. Yeah, uh, and so uh, we have independence mm. for Myanmar uh, on the fourth of January, nineteen forty-eight. Yeah, which then I thought was surprising, right? Because the British ultimately win and the Japanese lose, but they still get their independence in nineteen forty-seven, <laughs> and I guess. Britain just didn't really well, feel like putting up I think a fight. Like, it's funny. It's funny who they choose to fight with and who they choose mm, not to yeah, fight with. Because yeah. I know, like Churchill, really wanted to keep India, and yeah. that became a big deal. Yes. Um, but of course, they give up other places. Yeah. Um, like Myanmar, maybe like not 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 that valuable. And of course, them. the British not East India important. Company didn't exist anymore, yeah. so it's not like they really needed yeah, it so anymore. Like, oh, fine, guys. And I mean, like it's an indication of the extent to which Britain needed to recover from World War Two. Yeah, because they just they're like, we do not have the resources to try and keep this little colony in line. That's so right. Let's yeah. just let them have it. Let them have it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. they do. Yep. Uh, the. Uh, but Aung San was assassinated before it happened. He was really sad. Yeah. Um, that that um, really breaks my heart when people like that don't get to see their work come to yeah, fruition. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. even just like it wasn't like he was murdered by the British or the no. Japanese. Right? It was it was it literally was, political rivals yeah, who were like get rid of him, Myanmar. which I guess to me also kind of set up 
the the rest of what we're looking at today mm. is that it's just it's a, a lot of political yeah. infighting yeah. that is so heightened mm. that they are willing to assassinate Their someone. Own in, yeah, mm. which I guess yeah. in Western countries you're kind of like, wow, assassination. That's a mm. that's a big that's step. A, yeah. <laughs> For uh-huh. us, for Australians, I think we like, oh, that's, that's, wow, they must really care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're so apathetic. I know, aren't we? It's bad. Maybe that's, maybe that's not great. Um, so they do, they do have, um, they, they set up quite a few uh, really good things by cameral parliament. So mm-hmm. two, a two mm-hmm. house parliament system, yep. uh, a chamber of deputies and a chamber of nationalities mm-hmm. with multi-party elections. Gosh, um, sounds so democratic. It, uh, it was, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> Um, and so they were they were doing all sorts of really good things in that kind of fourteen year period. Mm-hmm. Um, things were looking pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but then then things don't go so good. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so on March second, nineteen sixty two, the military, led by General Ni Win, uh, takes control of Burma through a coup d'état, um, and uh essentially uh decides that the 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 independent burmese government just weren't doing a good job mm-hmm. which i think is a, how a lot of coups happen isn't it the military <sighs> yeah, just yeah, thinks just look they're not doing slow, it you're not doing we're a good bored. job uh, yeah. yeah um so we're just going to we're going to do it for you yeah um and i think that happens with um with countries where democracy is just kind of um placed upon them without any real tradition or i like it takes time to instill those values because democracy can be frustratingly slow and um yeah, I can see why the military are just like, ugh, we could do this so much quicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just take over. Yeah, um, which I think that, that too is another thing that I find interesting that like uh, like a, a military as a pol- political body always fascinates me yeah. because um, yeah. like you often think of – well, I guess in Western countries, you think of militaries as like serving the yeah. people. Yeah. Whereas in this case they're like, no, we're going to rule the people. Rule the people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and you kind of wonder, like, because um, I think to me it fascinates me too because, like, if I was in the military yeah, in Australia yeah. and they were like, boys, we're overthrowing the government, I'd be like, what? Mm. Why? Yeah. Really? Should we? I don't think we should. I don't the think government's been pretty that's good kinda, to us. That's kind of <laughs> not how this works, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like, mm. it's obvious that it happens all over the world that, yeah. you know, well, there are militaries that are like, no, we follow orders and that's what we're going to do. When you teach the kids at Slings, <laughs> as we do um, – about what power is. Mm. Um, it's it's about wealth yep. and it's about having control over the military. And if you lose either or both of those, yes. things become unstable. Not good. Not good. So you can see why governments need to keep the military happy because yes. once you lose their support, things can go terribly, terribly wrong. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think one of the other things that uh, the army w- did want to do, uh, the general was was quite taken with socialism. Hey. As many other places were at this time. Yeah. <laughs> the 60s, right? Uh, yeah. And so they, uh, so in this first military coup, they, they're they ruled by a revolutionary council, which is headed by General Nguyen, mm-hmm. uh, and um, they nationalise everything. Yes. Uh, and, and they called it um, the Burmese way to socialism, um, which was sort of like a Soviet-style... Yeah. Way of ruling. That's kind of how they modeled it. God, it really annoys me when like stuff like this happens in history and I can un- understand the intentions of the people who are the baddies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can see 
what they try to do and I like it, but just the way you went about it was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, and this is another thing that surprised me when I was doing my reading is I, I've always assumed that China has just had a hand in Myanmar, but I was actually reading surprisingly little about Chinese influence and, and um, yeah, they didn't. They don't get. They don't get too involved no, at any point, really. No, no. Um, um, and considering their proximity and their ideological similarities, mm. um, yeah, they that, do that, border on China too, yeah, which is yeah. It, it kind of it surprised it me. It does surprise me yeah. too. Mm, um, but I think it's it's kind of similar to um, Vietnam in a sense that China's more involved in Vietnam, mm. but. They're not actually super involved in Vietnam either. Yeah. Like they supply weapons and things yeah. and they they do like help them a bit. Mm. But it's not like mm. like Vietnam, like they they, they forge their own way after. Yeah. Like it's not really Yeah. Um No, it's just I just found that interesting. It is, it is mm. interesting. Um and so uh the the Burmese socialist program party was formed. Um and it was a one party system. See oh, um, that's where you go wrong, guys. <laughs> The Constitution of the Socialist Republic of the Union of Burma was adopted in 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, one party system, general and other military officers um, resigning as military officers mm-hmm. and becoming the, the I, I don't even know what they called themselves really. I didn't find that, but mm-hmm. um, they, like they resigned Facts. as- Checker. Well, they resigned as the military and they became the political leaders. Yeah. Okay. But they still call themselves still doing generals. both, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but I want to keep my title, please. I think I think it also kind of um, – another thing I've found when I've been looking at all, all this stuff is that um, a lot of the time in Myanmar when they go to do something, they set things up so that it looks like they have good rules, right? Yeah. So they set up a lot of the constitutions so that – like, and they, they have quite a few constitutions. Mm. I, I did read a couple of oh, the little bits. Wow. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, a lot of them, a lot of them are very specific to – making sure that the military can stay in power, but it also, they also do it so that it looks like they're doing the right thing. So they actually set term limits for themselves oh, okay. and they actually said that uh, the military yeah, can't yeah, yeah. be technically in charge. So they resign as the military and become political, political leaders, leaders yeah. but they're technically still in charge of the military. Like yeah. there's, so there's, there's kind of things where they're in like, reality, look guys, we're actually doing good things. Like yeah. we are kind of democratic, but really they're not. Yeah. Um, so that mm. like a lot of the stuff that they set up uh, are rules that are designed to look good. Yeah. But in reality work against the people. Mm. Um, uh, so, uh, and then we lead into this massive period of civil war, yeah. um, where, uh, there is just constant conflict between, um, those who had seen the independence of Myanmar mm. as like, oh, why can't we go back to that? Like, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, of course the international community starts with, with a lot of sanctions yeah. against the, uh, the military rule. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really, um, like a lot of the sanctions also uh, force, like in a lot of countries where there are sanctions, forces the leadership into going into like black market deals. And yeah. of course that creates economic wealth for the leadership yeah. and e- extreme poverty for the the normal person yeah. on the street. So um, I asked friends of mine who have been to Myanmar, like, do you know anyone who's been to Myanmar? Yeah, I yeah. Don't, it's not really no. high on people's destination. It's hard to get into. Yeah. Well, yeah. so friends of mine, so shout out to Pat and Olga, mm-hmm. uh, they went to Myanmar at the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017. Okay. And that's like, I asked for like their insight and that's the thing that um, Pat said, like just the disparity between the wealthy yeah. who are the ruling class and the mm. poor 
is just so blatant um, and really quite aggravating for a, a Westerner to go and see. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, hang on, I'll see what if I can get a quote. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I do know that, like, it was – uh, when I went on my honeymoon, we went to Thailand mm. and one of the things you could do was to apply to go into Burma right. at the time, yeah. which was in 2009. Okay. Um, and uh, we could have applied to go to Burma. I didn't really want to go. But, um, <laughs> Seems risky. It was, what, it was one of the things you could do and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound mm. like – but that would have been just as they were like really starting to think about opening up. But we'll yeah. talk about that in a yeah. minute. Yeah, so this is what Pat said. He says, one thing I'll always remember about Yangon um, is they took the city tra- loop train, which is an attraction in itself. Mm. Um, it's a 1980s era Japan railway subway train cast off. Yeah. You can still see the stickers on there <laughs> and all the seats are removed and it's like a moving death trap. Um um, and he saw a video. Oh, yeah, um, like the, all of the brand new cars and all the very expensive equipment for the army and the people just have nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's um, one of the things he noticed. So, yeah, so there was a lot of unrest and, and um, uh, you know, civil war between the, the people and mm. the, the military rulers. Um, and so, like, a lot of that was just kind of quashed yeah. in the Niwin years. But, of course, Niwin doesn't last forever. <laughs> No um, one can. No one can. And so uh, when when uh, when he's gone, um, there are lots more protests. Yeah. Uh, and it leads to um, that we actually get some some free and fair elections in the 1990s. Yeah. Um, so, so do you want to – you were going to talk I about Aung San Suu Kyi? Yeah, Shichi? so I did some research on Aung San Suu Kyi because you can't really talk about Myanmar um, without her. Yeah. Um, so she spent – like she was two when her father was assassinated. She spent most of her um, life growing up in India mm. and she was educated at um, the University of Delhi and then Oxford. Yeah. So she spent most of her life abroad. Sure. Um, and she came back to uh, Myanmar in 1988, which was just kind of like for Fortuitous that mm. that's when um, these protests were sort well, of that's reaching when the, their peak. The yeah, the quadruple eight uprising. Eight, 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 eight uprising. Yeah. yeah. So she, her mom had a stroke, so she came home to care for her. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, yeah, it's the 8th of August, 1988 um, uprising. And so she just, it's almost like she kind of fell into her role as a, like, symbolic leader of the. Um, democracy movement in, in Myanmar. Mm. Um, so she became a symbol from, from that moment. Um, and she spoke to millions of people during those protests and, um, she started the, um, National League for Democracy, which is her political party. Um, and was arrested in 1989. So 1989 is, is the beginning of her like ongoing period of house arrest. So over the, the next 21 years, she was under house arrest for 15. Yep. Um, for various trumped up charges most Mm. of the time. Um, And I was listening to this podcast um, with Ben Reed. Yes. Yeah. And he was sort of saying that, you know, house arrest makes it sound like it's not that bad. Mm. Like, you know, you Mm. could be in prison, Um, but it was, it was quite traumatic. Um, There were at least, well, there was one actual assassination attempt that she survived, I think in 2003, in 1996, a motorcade that she was in was attacked and like people were killed, but she, she managed to escape. Yeah. Um, so she's sort of cheated death a few times. Um, and the, the latest, the latest stint of house arrest that she was, um, sort of 
accused of. It was an American dude. Do you remember this? It was like 2000. Eight or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. was, yeah, and a guy swam across the lake to her house. That's right. Yeah, yeah I do remember and that. And he, like, I didn't look too much into him, but he sounded like a bit of a crazy. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, like, he had a vision that her life was in danger and, and he needed to tell her. And I'm like, dude, I, I think she knows. But, um, and so he swam across the lake. <laughs> he did actually manage to get into the grounds. And then she was charged with, like, um, you know, uh, housing this this person because he was exhausted and she let him stay for two nights and recover before he swam back, <laughs> and, and that was her last stint. And so I think she was she was released in 2010, um, and uh, since then has been um, the leader of the democratic, like basically the de facto leader mm, of, of Myanmar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, because in, so in the, um, of course she's arrested, but then in the elections of 1990, mm. um, her party wins 392 out of the 492 seats. So 80%. I would say that I'm not good at maths, but that, that seems like a majority. I, th- I think so. However, the military junta didn't think so. <laughs> Um, they refused to cede power um, and continued to rule instead. Mm, okay, cool. So they decided that perhaps that wasn't the case. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe they didn't really voter win the fraud? election. Maybe there was voter fraud. Voter fraud? Uh, maybe they won the election in a landslide. Who knows? Yes. Yes. Um, maybe oh. they were using Dominion voting machines. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> That's a different issue, <laughs> but but obviously, like I feel, I feel like this gets to the the crux of the matter in Myanmar, which I think and and I was listening to another po- a different podcast <laughs> to the one you were listening to with the Ben same dude. with Ben yes. Reed. So um, Ben Reed, I forgot to he he was an advisor to the um, the Obama administration. Yes, yeah, and so. he was with them yes. when they went to Burma. Yes, um, and so uh, he was talking about. The fact that uh, the military, the military guys in charge, they really, um, you know, it's it's a classic case of they get power, they want to keep power. Um, but they, like I said before, they had these things mm. set out in in term limits, yeah. and, and you know, there's there's things where like you know, well actually, um, here look, here's a free and fair election in 1990. Oh, but oh, gee whiz, I don't think you actually did win, even though a majority <laughs> like it, it really shows that you did. So, and really, yeah. we don't really want to give up. Yeah. So maybe we just won't do that. Yeah. Um. So they don't. Yeah. Um. And so every every time it looks like in Burma that or Myanmar that, that um. You know the the military is getting to the point; they're on the precipice of mm. actually giving up some real power. Mm. They decide they just don't. Nah. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you've got power, it's hard to give up. It like is, that's, that's and I think, like the, like we said before, problem, right? with the with the economic. <laughs> Yes. Stuff going on too. So, you know, you don't want to give up your riches. No, I've got this really nice house. And I also, but I also feel like too, I think the, the, the other big thing with military coups is often that when the leader finishes their time, mm. they either die in leadership mm. or you leave and get killed. Yeah. Like that's so what's waiting for you. They're pretty much your option. So I think yeah. I think a lot of them are probably pretty scared that they're just going to yeah, get assassinated get as well. Knocked off. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So um, that uh, that coup, 
Um, so when was when was after nineteen ninety right yeah election yeah uh, that lasts for uh, continued to rule until nineteen ninety seven so that was another seven years mm. um, as the military and then they changed their name to the State Peace and Development Council. That sounds nice. It, it does. Nice? Uh, they're still just the military. Okay. <laughs> uh, by any other name. Yeah, and so <laughs> but then they continue that until March twenty eleven. Yes. So, <laughs> like. The kind of what seems to happen is like from about 2008 is like this shift towards giving up, actually giving up their power. Mm. And like one thing I was wondering is like why? Like yeah. they haven't done it up till now, so why would they do it? Yeah. And it seems as though like 2008 is is the time of great hope, I think, globally. Sure. Um, and there was a an awful cyclone in in Burma that was like it really highlighted how ineffective the government was like thousands of people died yeah can we get a can we get a 200,000 people dead yeah. or missing yeah about damages totaling about 10, 10 billion. billion US dollars and a million left homeless so and they wouldn't accept any international aid um and also around that time like countries in Southeast Asia like Singapore and Vietnam are experiencing like quite a high standard of living and they're really like mm. um, thriving and like by contrast their neighbour Burma is incredibly poor and it's just really highlighting those problems and so that's why we start to see uh, like a shift in mindset I yep. guess of yep. like the military leaders and then we've also got of course Barack Obama. Yeah who is um, reaching out to these countries where uh, previous world leaders have just kind of spurned them, I guess. Sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, which me, like, so they have a constitutional referendum in 2008. Yeah. Um, uh, and is th- it's the creation of a discipline flourishing democracy. Hey, um, that sounds nice too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as part of that referendum process, they changed the name from Burma to the Union of Myanmar. Yep. Um, uh, uh, sorry, to the Republic of the Union of Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they held general elections under the new constitution in 2010. Um, observers describe it as mostly peaceful, uh, but there were polling station irregularities. Um, <laughs> well, these things can't happen overnight. And a number of the Western countries condemned the elections as fraudulent. Um, and the military-backed Union Solidarity and Development Party declared victory. Um, stating that it had been favoured by 80% of the votes. Um, But that was disputed by many people. Uh, One report documented 77% as the official turnout rate of the election. Um, There was lots of kind of, yeah. yeah, But this is where we start to see the National League for Democracy start to grow grow, in in actual legitimate power, like winning votes in elections. Um, But Aung San Suu Kyi, she never was, never will be president. Did Did you read about this yeah so yeah. Is this this is to do with the the the, the constitution, the constitution. Yes. But, okay so basically the constitution was written again mm. with these like look, look like, we've rules, got a constitution look, there's, guys there's rules <laughs> yeah right and the rules are actually kind of good right mm. but really mm. the rules aren't great they're rigged so the, the rule is that you can't be the leader if your children are born in a different country yeah yeah so she- which is effectively targeting Suu yes, yes. Specifically. She has two sons who are British yep. and live in Britain. Yeah. Um, and also the president has to have military experience. Which yeah, which she doesn't. She doesn't. Yep. Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons why. So part of her um, 
I guess a crusade now that, well, not now, but, you know, during the 2010s mm. was to slowly bring change and, and change, get enough power so that the constitution yeah, can, can be, be changed. changed so that it becomes more fair. Yep. Which um, is also hard because the military keep 25% of the yes. government to themselves. In both houses. In both houses. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's what needs to be changed so that the constitution can be changed so that she or, or anybody else who could, is, become, could become president. president. Yeah. 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 Which leads us to about 2017, 2016, 2017. Uh, is that where you were going? Well, yeah. So, um, so there's general elections held in November of 2015. Mm-hmm. They were the first openly contested elections since Huzzah. 1990. Uh, the result gives the NLD an absolute majority of seats in both chambers mm. of the National par- Parliament. Um, and uh, it was enough to ensure the candidate should become president. Yeah. Um, but like we just said, Aung San Suu Kyi is constitutionally barred yeah. from being president. Yeah. Um, she takes on like more of a prime minister role. Yes. So but she's pretty much a kind of like de facto <laughs> leader. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like a, I don't want to, I don't really want to make this comparison. It's kind of like a Russia situation mm. where like, you know, you can become prime minister, but really the president's got all the power. And then yeah. like Vladimir Putin swapped roles yeah. to yeah. get around the yeah. constitutional things. But really he was in charge. <laughs> yeah. um, Pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. So uh, Suu Kyi in 2016 assumes the newly created role of state councillor, mm. which is technically, I guess, A the prime minister. minister. Yeah. Uh, and so that all seems to be not too bad. Not they're, too they're kind shabby. of making... They're gaining ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of course um, things are are still kind of. um, Unstable. Unstable. Mm. And I think there's like, you know, um, there was a lot of criticism. It still is a lot of criticism hurled at. Uh, Suchi and her party about the the Rohingya crisis yeah. as well. So the Rohingya Muslims in yep. in Myanmar are also persecuted heavily. So this is where I think it all starts to become unstuck, yep. like because that's always been a problem. Apparently, mm. um, like. Uh, Myanmar is incredibly diverse. I actually just read, and I've got a fun fact. We don't have to play the music. You sure? Um, okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. With Siobhan. Hey. It's back. So, um, we, um, they're, like Myanmar is a pretty small country. They have 135 ethnic groups. It's ranked the 75th most culturally and ethnically diverse country in the world. Mm. Uh, the main races are, uh, I don't want to pronounce them all. Sure. There are a lot of them, but they make up nearly 70% of the population and there's about 60 languages. So yeah, wow. it's incredibly diverse. Yeah. Um, and the Rohingya are a minority, a Muslim minority. Um, and so there's been tension with this, with the Rohingya since the early 2010s, but it Mm. it sort of came to a head in like late 2016, early 2017, where, um, a UN official has like called it like ethnic cleansing. Yeah. Right. Um, and what's happened, it's the military doing it. Yep. Um, and again, like Ben Reed in this podcast says that like in private, mm. uh, Suu Kyi says all the right things like, sure. you know, yes, it's terrible. Yes. I believe inequality. Everyone should have, um, Myanmar citizenship. Um, but in public, she won't even say the word Rohingya. Yeah. And, um, she not only has, 
uh, not done anything about it. She's just even failed to condemn it <laughs> verbally. Yeah, um, which I think comes back to this idea of like, so it's a tension. Do, does she try and stay in power, not condemn this stuff so that she can move yeah. towards a place where they can get to that? Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure the reasoning in her head is I'm scared that the military is going yeah. to put me under house arrest again. Mm. Funnily enough, they did. They have. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Yes. But, like, I, I feel like that's probably – yeah, where her head it is seems at. like yeah, like a strategic move where she's had to sort of sacrifice her moral mm. obligations because like she's she's compared to Nelson Mandela in terms of like her fighting yeah. for human rights. Yeah, um, and, and she models herself. Same, she models yeah. herself on Gandhi. Yeah, so not, like it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, she won the Nobel Peace Prize in uh, 1991, and. Um, like in these last few years has failed to do anything about it. But yeah, it does. The The debate is whether she herself feels that way about the right, Rohingya sure. yep. or if it's a strategic move where, you know, she buys her time, gets more power and then can actually do something about it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Which does lead us to, will she be able to do anything about it? Because <sighs> just the other day, like we read in our first uh, article, there has been a coup. Mm. Uh, there was in 2020, um, there were some general elections, 8th of November, and uh, the NLD win in a landslide uh, and they won super majorities in both houses. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> They're incredibly popular. They, they are. Um, the army alleges fraud um, and threatened to take action. Um, and so, uh, that's been sort of bubbling under the surface Mm. while we're all like, I I feel like while we've all been focused on a similar thing happening in another country in the world, (laughs) um, this actually could happen in Myanmar and then it did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, early on the 1st of February, um, the day parliament was set to convene, Myanmar's military detained uh, State Councillor Aung San Suu Kyi and other members of the ruling party uh, and handed power over to military chief Min Aung Hlaing, uh, declared a state of emergency for one year, after which they said they will have an election. Yeah, classic. It's it's shut down communication, declare a state of emergency. Oh, which shutting, shutting down of communication has yes. been a big thing. Yes. I, I read over the weekend about mm. how like a lot of people on Twitter who have friends in Myanmar and just all of a sudden yeah. now you can't well, there's you an, can't contact them at all. Uh, there's an Australian professor who is an advisor to yes. Aung San Suu Kyi. He's been He's detained. been detained. Yeah. But I believe I heard this morning that they're possibly going to let him go. Well, <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so she has been formally charged with illegal importing 10 or more walkie-talkies. Oh, no, not walkie-talkies. Walkie-talkies. Oh, I so, suppose that is, I mean, walkie-talkies, that is that is the department of the military. Yeah. So <laughs> It's pretty dangerous to have walkie-talkies. You know, you can't, you can't be walking around with a walkie-talkie no, in your pocket. No, no, Come on. no. What do you, you need up, an open carry license for that? What are you up to there with your walkie-talkie? Sneaky. Oh, that's just, mm. that's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? it? It seems a bit, it seems comical. <laughs> like we shouldn't laugh, but... Yeah, I just okay. So, look, I, yeah, um, Myanmar has this real love hate relationship with democratic elections mm. and its military. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. Um, in reading all of this, I was so frustrated. Like Why? just the amount of well, <laughs> just the <laughs> just the amount of times that um, that you 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 see 
like things are going the right way and then it's just not nah, we're taking power back can, can yes I you can say out, yes go, go can I just point on. out that while while the grown-ups are having this uh political conversation our fact checker has typed into his screen walkie talkie or sneaky speaky <laughs> good one James well done yeah. <laughs> maybe you should maybe you should uh stage a coup d'etat James he's not from France though that's true Mm. Sparkling takeover. <laughs> um, well, um, All I right, guess. So we watched this space and. Yeah. And that's, that's how, how it came, came to this. this. Um, before I play the music though, um, just a bit of an update on, on where we're up to with our little, little podcast. Um, we've been, <laughs> we've been building things slowly and we're still building things slowly. Uh, and we really want to thank everyone for your support. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I just, we want to throw it out to you guys. Uh, if there's anyone out there, uh, who would love to help us design a couple of things where we're looking at maybe designing some t-shirts, yes. looking at maybe some, some other merch. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if there's anyone out there that would like to give us some help, uh, how did it come to this podcast at gmail.com, get in contact yes. with me and, uh, we'll talk, um, and we've also been having a lot of fun um, figuring out where our fans are all over the world. Yeah. yeah so we, we have, we're able to sort of keep track of like who's in what country and the Swiss ones still have us a bit confused. If, if you're a yeah, fan if you're from in Switzerland, Switzerland, get in contact. I want to know who you are. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Um, but we've recently discovered that we have a fan in Belfast. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Cole, who is listening in Belfast and gave us just the most glorious review. Do you know this when you told me this mm. I could not stop smiling yeah I just okay so yeah tell tell the listeners what he so said so he said it was a tonic for the soul <laughs> and that just made me so happy so I know. thanks Cahill yeah, I'm glad thank you. I'm glad we're filling an Australian void for yeah you. um and we might put that on the t-shirt I think if that we is, can. I'm, I'm <laughs> more than happy to do that yeah so <laughs> thanks very much and keep thanks listening If you like the show, remember to leave us a review if you can uh, on iTunes. Uh, how did it come to this is on email, how did it come to this podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at HDICTT Podcast. How did it come to this is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell. Edited by Daniel Matters. Original music by Lachlan McWhirter.